0: Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. Very happy to keep going through Luke with you today. Luke continues to just get our attention at every turn with the way he is using his literary structures and bringing things together. We are going to end this little section on acceptance and rejection right now. Who's going to accept the message? Who's not going to? Who's going to reject it? Um, We began this section, interestingly enough, in, uh, with a passage about Samaritans and where, where the, the apostles weren't so sure they wanted to, accept the Samaritans after the Samaritans had rejected the preaching or message of Jesus as he was coming to one of the Samaritan villages and they didn't want him there and they rejected him and so the apostles wanted to in turn reject them with fire from heaven so it was really <laughs> and would have I been don't a very know, have we talked about I
1: can't remember, did we talk about who the Samaritans are.
0: Yeah, um we, we only briefly uh, they mentioned but they're that yeah, what group they are and we'll see them even more clearly today uh, as we go over this, but they are that group. Did you want to go ahead and explain that a little bit? How did the Samaritans come about?
1: Well they were part there when northern Israel um and southern Israel divided mm-hmm. and yes. there was Judah and northern Israel. Right. Then the people who were taken away in captivity in northern Israel were kind of just uh, divided up and thrown to the wind.
0: Yeah, they, when the Assyrians came in and devastated wow. North Israel, yes, they, they didn't men.
1: stay together right. as a people mm-hmm. and kind of lost their identity.
0: Right, became intermarried, that kind of thing, right. so they didn't come. The and same so
1: connection. the Samaritans are really the ones of them that are left, that are still mm-hmm. um, there, but they've been they've intermarried. And they really only um, go by the the first five books of the Bible, the right, Torah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's their Bible.
0: Yes. Um, and, and they, they, they don't worship.
1: worship in Jerusalem. Right. Worship in, on
0: Mount Gerizim.
1: Right. So they have, when we read about them, that's why though the Israelites, which would have been Southern Israel that was... Mm-hmm
0: well what yeah the judaites right. which were the true true israel in as far as anybody in judas in concerned. the new testament yeah
1: um they have never accepted the samaritans they think they're you know
0: their bloodline's been yeah. mixed up they can't even trace themselves straight back to abraham anymore through jewish bloodline so so they're,
1: they're still side yeah and but they live breeds. close by right yeah. and they don't worship at the same place and mm-hmm. they don't worship they don't um
0: Consider all, all of the scriptures religion. the same way. Yep.
1: So um, yeah. there's just kind of this big dividing line. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when we read about it in scripture, that's why the Samaritans always seem so bad.
0: Yeah. And they get their name, Samaritan, from the capital city of North Israel. When, when they ever they divided, Samaria. Samaria was their capital. And so they all are just termed samaritans as a group a bunch of people who are connected to the worship in samaria which would be you know bad worship i mean obviously it's not in jerusalem where god's temple is so so as we
1: go through these stories we hear that and i think sometimes um we just may not be very cognizant of Mm -hmm. who these people are why there is such a dividing line yes and um Almost a hatred.
0: Yeah, really, two. really. Yeah, very much kind of a hatred, kind of a daily, the way it played out was very much, you're another race, we're another race, we hate you, uh, we don't care for you. I? And they and they felt this way from both directions because God. they were just, you know, over the generations, it was very, just a distinct marker. Y'all hate us, we hate you. But
1: they're
0: really family. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, in a very and- real sense. They're still connected. Blood- related.
1: It just brings a lot of background to the stories that we're reading because it doesn't make sense to us, mm-hmm. but if you know that, then it helps kind of, it makes the stories even deeper.
0: Yes. yeah When Jesus
1: says to the Samaritan woman mm-hmm. what he does or the so, you know, yep. it makes that so much
0: more important. Oh yes. Very much more. And uh, we're going to, so the same kind of thing that's going to come out mm-hmm. today as we continue Toward the end of verse 10, or verse 10, chapter 10, <laughs> um, in Luke. And so he's, he's going to really give them this interesting thing that's about to happen here. And it's going it's to become one of the more maybe well known uh, stories and parables that Jesus has ever told and will ever tell this Good Samaritan idea. The words now even get thrown around among very much non-churchgoers, non churchgoers, non bible believers or uh people who don't know anything about the bible will use the term good samaritan because it is such a part of our culture now so so even as we talk about this um it is these are the kinds of things that have become so embedded that are straight out of scripture but that people are using that don't even realize how how scripture connected they are so it's one of those um when before we start reading this is the the interesting thing is there is something that is very very closely connected this that we find in our Old Testaments. Kind of we, a
1: background to this story. Yeah, and we yeah. don't realize it, but I am certain that Jesus had this story in mind.
0: Yeah, seems like he had when uh, he I mean, was tearing, no telling way.
1: this story. Plus, yeah. the lawyers there who were listening would know this. Story. Probably
0: your common people would know it, but without question, lawyer, scribe, Pharisee, there's no way that they would hear a parable like this from Jesus and their minds not be able to make some connection like this directly with this in the Old Testament. So, so we are going to start today in Second Chronicles. A lot of people may never open to Second Chronicles or know a thing about Second Chronicles, but we're going to start there today in chapter 28, verse 1 and read through 15. And as you listen to this, if you will just kind of keep in mind, I'm listening for things that might that I might know from, and we'll read it in a minute, but from that parable of the Good Samaritan. You're going to just try and listen closely because you're about to hear some connections whenever we read that parable that will draw you right back uh, to this. Yes, so, and don't get...
1: Uh... It's more toward the end of the reading that you'll be hearing that,
0: mm-hmm. but yes. the first
1: part of the reading will give us a little background. Yeah, so. we
0: need that background too. Yeah. So know that whenever this period starts, Israel and Judah, the northern kingdom and the southern have already divided and there's already animosity between the two. So that's how, that's how we're going to begin at a time when that's what's taking place in Israel
1: Okay, I'm reading from 2 Chronicles 28, verses 1 through 15. Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord as his father David had done, but he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even made metal images for the Baals, And he made offerings in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burned his sons as an offering according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. And he sacrificed and made offerings on the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. Therefore the Lord his God gave him into the hand of the king of Syria, who defeated him, and took captive a great number of his people. And brought them to Damascus. He was also given into the land, into the hand of the king of Israel, who struck him with great force. For Pekah, the son of Remaliah, killed a hundred and twenty thousand from Judah in one day, all of them men of valor, because he had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. And Zikri, the mighty man of Ephraim, killed uh, Maasiah, the king's son. And as Asri- uh, Azricam, the commander of the palace, and Elkanah, the next in authority to the king. The men of Israel took 200,000 of their relatives, women, sons, and daughters. They also took much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, and he went out to meet the army that came to Samaria and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he gave them into your hand. But you have killed them in a, in a rage that has reached up to heaven, and now you intend to subjugate the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, as your slaves. Have you not sins of your own against the Lord your God? Now hear me, and send back the captives from your relatives, whom you have taken, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Certain chiefs also of the men of Ephraim, Azariah, the son of Johanan, Berechiah, the son of Meshillamoth, Mich- uh, Jeze- uh, Jehazakiah, the son of Shalom, and Amasa, the son of Hadla, Had- yeah, that's right, stood up against those who were coming from the war and said to them, you shall not bring the captives in here, for you propose to bring up upon us guilt against the Lord in addition to our present sins and guilt. For our guilt is already great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the assembly. And the men who had been, who have been mentioned by name rose and took the captives, and with the spoil they clothed all who were naked among them. They clothed them, gave them sandals, provided them with food and drink, and anointed them. And carrying all the feeble among them on donkeys, they brought them to their kinsfolk at Jer- Jericho, the city of palm trees. Then they returned to Samaria. Well, Sorry about that reading a little rough there.
0: <laughs> lots of names, though. <laughs> I understand. Okay, so that's the story from Second Chronicles 28, um, which is about, again, the two of... These relatives, which they strictly are, all Israelites, but have fought against one another, God brought north Israel onto south Israel, or Judah, to to exact some punishment because of how far off track Judah had gotten, uh, and then what that led to as they were bringing back So the Samaritans were going
1: had taken them captive and were taking them back to make them slaves. And, yep.
0: And uh, then... Both the prophet first and then some of their leading community leaders came out and said, how dare you take your relatives, your very relatives captive and punish them in this way? God gave you... God gave them into your hand for punishment, but you have done it in anger and fierceness and have, you know, done this horrible thing. And now you're going to use them as your slaves. How dare you? We're not going to bring more sin on ourselves. We're doing that. We've done the same thing. We're doing the same
1: thing. Yeah.
0: Yep. So we're not going to bring more sin on ourselves by compounding it that way. And then they take from the actual spoil that they've gotten and use it to bandage it. And help these ones who are injured, who are from, these are Samaritans that are helping these injured people from Judah, and then setting them on their own donkeys, and then taking them to Jericho, I mean, it's a very family, interesting, back yes, back to where their relatives will be, their families yeah. will be, um, so, yeah, this is so it's it's amazing, it's a, some of the I mean,
1: I don't remember ever hearing this story when I was growing up, yeah, in the Old Testament, so, um,
0: And and Lois de Verbergen uh, is the one who I particularly read about who makes these connections, so I don't want to leave her name out, too. She's really good about showing this connection. Um, But now let's go forward to Luke chapter 10 and read verse 25 through 36. And so you're listening now for some of those connections as we read through here.
1: the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise.
0: Yeah, that is. those readings are both really good. And you may already be hearing some of the ways those come together and connect a little bit uh, as we've read them both together like we just have some of the things we don't know about this passage maybe or don't understand really or haven't put together I mean a Samaritan wasn't just a person you uh, didn't think very highly of these were the worst types of people you could imagine if you're a Jew in the first century these were like your most hated group the people that you really thought as kind of uh, as non-people I mean they're they're really not humans like we're humans they're not People like we're people, and so you have no concern for them. Just have no imagining in your mind of a way that you could truly come into contact with the owner in any kind of any kind of uh, daily association or common ground kind of association with them. That is never going to happen. You hate them with all of your heart. So Ray Vanderlaan has made that point how these are the, you got to really get in your mind, try to get in your mind a group that you are completely repulsed by. People that you truly just have no desire to be around. I
1: think for them, these had to be like, you were supposed to be good
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you know better
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're doing
0: maybe so yeah I don't
1: know you've <laughs> intermarried you've you know you're not worshiping in Jerusalem you're like mm-hmm. it just felt like such a slap in the face to them I think.
0: yeah right you know uh, my brothers can hate each other more than, <laughs> uh, just yeah more than others so, yeah right
1: and then for Jesus to make the Samaritan kind of the about like this story mm-hmm. when I think about that and that's a big deal mm-hmm. these people here li- this lawyer who's listening is
0: certainly gonna have a hatred for Samaritans out, yeah. yeah exactly so, anyway so whenever he starts talking here the lawyer stands up and tries to put him to the test we find that out right away in verse 25 that's what the lawyer wants to do this is not a this is not just a friendly hey what would you say about this this, this lawyer's trying to catch Jesus like so many of mine these days Uh Yep, trap him so he says teacher what shall i do to inherit eternal life and jesus so answers him with a question which is very natural for jesus to do what's written in the law how do you read it and he the lawyer answered you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself which is a direct quote the first part of it the largest part of it the first part is a direct quote from deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 straight out of the shema so your vast majority of jews are saying the shema on a daily basis they know this very well and and it it's one way of answering a question it gets asked a lot and so the the, when the lawyer asks it and Jesus responds, then the lawyer gives what would be considered a very, you know, worthy answer to the question. And he uses the Shema part of the Shema first, and then he also includes, and your neighbor as yourself, which is Leviticus 19, 18. Well, Jesus in verse 28 is very pleased with this answer. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live okay all that sounds kind of good okay answer right, question we're all yes very everybody should be good right but then in verse 29 desiring to justify himself the lawyer says to Jesus and who is my neighbor mm-hmm. so he wants to make sure even according to Jesus who he's trying to test anyway but let's see if this rabbi I want to really this is my my big question here
1: how many people do I have to love as myself
0: yeah. And this could be the question that he was driving toward the whole time. This could be where he wanted to go because apparently, and again, according to Ray Vanderlaan and uh, and all of the immense Jewish history research he's done from the time, there was not a bigger theological debate than who is my neighbor at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rabbis were debating, imagine the biggest debates you can have in churches and among theological people and religious people. He said it would have been right at the top, this idea of just uh, dissecting who is a neighbor. Who must I treat? Who do I
1: have to be good to? And I don't think that's really, I mean, when you were just saying that, it was just... It's in a, my head i'm thinking well is there a bigger question today <laughs>
0: i right. think
1: we don't say it that way right but that's what we ask
0: yeah and we that's right we do i think we do ask that we want we're not going to say it like this because then we sound right. just like the lawyer but in our heads we're kind of wanting to know because
1: we want to draw who's it okay not to treat well who's in and who's out yeah who can yeah. i not like yeah who can i hate
0: yes exactly who am i justified in hating uh, so the human heart has not changed. We no. find out. Yeah, <laughs> and then Jesus answers it, though, by telling this parable about the man who's going down on a road from Jerusalem to Jericho. So a road between Jerusalem and Jericho, which is fraught with, which was fraught with um, problems. And robbers were known to, to at times infest this road. And, you know, they they had to really, this is a very um, kind of taken taking your life, certainly your, your possessions in your own hands uh, in, in going and traveling on such a road. And it's often a difficult road. It can get to be about 18 inches wide from time to time and about 300 feet off the ground. And so um, it is not the easiest road to pass. And lots of places for him to Apparently be robbed and to be like hurt. The cartel and, was yeah. operating on that road. I right. mean,
1: I think we have places like that too. That mm-hmm. we think we're not. That's not a safe place to go. That's right. not a safe road to use. Or
0: yep. So when this guy, this guy, does get assaulted on the way, gets robbed, gets left beaten and half dead, it says in verse at the end of verse thirty. Uh, which, uh, which RVL again would say that was a technical term at the time among Jews, half dead. That this is a person who maybe is so close to death they could die at any moment. And so the question became, do you help such a person if you're in the position of say a priest? Now the priest would be the Sadducee class. That's, they were the ones who controlled the priesthood. They were Sadducees. They only believed in the Torah. And they so that, like
1: the that the Torah was inspired,
0: <laughs> Yeah, which is so interesting because that's Enemies, all but... the, the Samaritans believed only the Torah was inspired. Well, the Sadducees did, too. They knew about the other scriptures, of course, and read them and understood them. But but what we call scriptures, but really, their inspired text was just Torah. And so here you have a priest and a Levite, both would be of the Sadducee class. Both know what's being said in places like Leviticus 21 about priests and even the high priest and how they need to stay clean. How important it is to stay clean and not come in contact with dead bodies. So they pass by this body of this man who's half dead, this technical term that they throw around to talk about whether or not you can help a person. And they are not really making a, according to the way they interpret the law and the law is interpreted, they're not making a bad choice here.
1: They're following the
0: law yes absolutely the way they understand that they is are dead following the law cause, all dead. well yeah because they could be <laughs> not beautiful. just
1: mostly dead <laughs> but all dead
0: you could be bandaging them up and they could die while you're dead that's how close they are to death and so better not to touch them and become unclean and not be able to do your priestly duties and so now that now that that is in play maybe the levite and the priest even though they can see him, they understand helping people is very important to god and that's what you're supposed to do but they also understand their position and what they're called to do and that they need to be able to provide worship and lead people and that kind of thing so they go past him and don't do anything which wouldn't necessarily be considered dishonorable they
1: don't even get close they're walking
0: on the other side
1: I mean, this little road, but they're getting as far away from
0: him mm-hmm. as they can. Yep. So Now, then you might think, by the way, Jesus is telling the story that he's going to then say, and then a Pharisee came by. But the interesting thing is he doesn't. He goes straight to a Samaritan, another person mm-hmm. who, like you've already said, like the, like the Sadducees. Sadducees, they only believe in Torah. Mm-hmm. They're only looking to those as their inspired scriptures. And... They don't care for Jews. They don't like Jews. There's no, there's true animosity between the two. But here the Samaritan comes by and seeing this man, he actually, even though he's half dead, touches him, cares for him, cares for his wound, binds him up, puts him on his own donkey, Takes him to an inn, has him laid up, and uses his own money to make sure that he's cared for. Okay, now our minds are going back to the other story, and he would have done this in Jericho. They were on their way to Jericho. Right. That's which why. is unusual so, yeah. for them
1: to mention Jericho here.
0: I yeah, mean,
1: I don't think Jericho. Jesus
0: didn't go to Jericho. He? Uh, yeah, he does go through okay. Jericho um, at least uh, at least once. Okay, um, but. But, nevertheless, we have this Jericho mentioned in they this parable, right, the parables specific, don't get that like, specific, usually, yes, we have a specific I mean, place name, yeah. um, and so, now, the lawyer is, his mind is going to go back to that story we read earlier from Second Chronicles, right. which was about Samaritans, who... Started doing the right thing by their relatives. They were convicted. The, that they were Judaites. Yes, they were convicted. So they had they had been convicted because they were told, "You've done the same thing as them. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're just as worthy as a punishment as they are." God's handed them into our hands. Sure, but but now the the. You want to even enslave them, our our own brothers, and take everything they have and just put them under a heavy boot. And we can't do that. We are not going to bring sin on us by doing that. So instead, they wind up taking from the spoil that they got in their victory and using that to bandage and help and set them on their own donkeys, on their animals, take them to Jericho. I mean, all of this should be. And these are Samaritans who are doing this. So hearing that story... You would think this lawyer is going to be like oh my goodness wait a second is he saying that we that i lawyer scribe person that who knows the law and tries to live by it so well is he saying that i am under the same kind of sinfulness have the same kind of sinfulness as these samaritans like i'm the one who's is also you know, uh, on a level playing field with them, and so, so sure enough, you've got to start a- asking yourself these questions because the neighbor is the Samaritan who helps, and we're supposed to be a good neighbor. We're supposed to treat our neighbors well, and the neighbor is the Samaritan. And so, oh my goodness, now all of a sudden the lines are being broken down again. I am, I'm, but Jesus wants me to find myself in the same position uh, as. As a Samaritan and really be willing to reach out in aid the same way Samaritans do in 2nd Chronicles chapter 28 and really give assistance and treat with kindness and care this is all of this is wrapped up in here so it's not just a story about a good person who's helpful it's got all of this cultural baggage associated with it which is forcing you to realize that you You should be a better person than you're thinking you have to be. You're not going far
1: enough. Well, I think this takes me back to um, the end of Luke 5 and some of the other places here in Luke where he's talking about um, the fasting, about um, breaking the, you know, his disciples were uh, rubbing the grain in their hands on the Sabbath. Uh, He healed the man's withered hand Mm -hmm. on the Sabbath. And all of the things that were looked like they were breaking, technically they were breaking the law. Mm-hmm. But what he's his point there, as it I think is here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that the law is there as a guideline, mm-hmm. but the law does not trump mercy. Mercy, mercy right. always trumps
0: righteousness. Uh, or, uh, the law, like the letter of the law. Yes, the letter of the and law.
1: So that's why. If there's a man with a withered hand that you can heal on the Sabbath, yes, you wouldn't just let him sit there and
0: languish wait. until the next day. Yeah. He's
1: going to go ahead and do it. They're right yeah. there in front of him, mm-hmm. and because that's mercy, yeah, and that's and what loving, else are you going to show us? That's Sabbath. loving your neighbor. Yeah,
0: you're bringing true shalom on the Sabbath,
1: that's right. But they had gotten it all wrong, just like we have. Mm-hmm. By yeah. thinking, oh, well, what do we have to do? Yeah. Where are the lines? That's right. And I want to do the letter of the law.
0: That's right. Got my and forgetting
1: my that there are people, real human beings, mm-hmm. images of God yes. walking beside me who I need to show mercy to. Mm-hmm. And that trumps... And by doing that, I'm
0: truly right. living out God's That's word. That's really the
1: point of the law. Yes. Not... The point of the law was really to help us to do that.
0: Yes, right. That's what. So when it
1: gets in the way of us doing that, Mm -hmm. we're using it. Then it's not
0: used right. That's oh man, that is so right, right there. That's our key. Look, we're drawing to a close on this thing, um, time-wise. Uh hopefully you've gotten something from this, but seeing those connections to that old testament story may be helping you in some ways yeah, to really think you haven't seen before. Um but there's no question once you read it closely, the same thing is happening. Mm-hmm. The same thing is happening in both it's those really stories. Beautiful. Um yeah, it's really beautiful. And so go be like those Samaritans back in Second Chronicles uh chapter twenty-eight if you really I mean and you know a lawyer might not like to hear that Jewish good Jewish lawyer might not like to hear that but go be like go go read that story you're gonna be like those Samaritans whoa because really you're just as guilty you're just as much as they are there's guilt on the all sides here so we're gonna have to gonna have to really come together with mercy like you're saying if we're gonna live out what God wants us to as as relatives as brother they're your brothers for goodness sake they're exactly. people who are connected to you you' should them. So yeah, really important message. Well, thanks for joining us. Always glad to talk to you. As you know, we will be back in just a few days um, and continue on this journey through Luke, talk about Mary and Martha next time. So hope you have a great few days. God bless.